My name is Mary Harmison, and I am the Ministry Relations and Recruiting Director for the Southeastern University Ohio Network Campus. So I am privileged to work with both undergraduate students as well as graduate students, helping them get through that admissions process. Um, and then I also do some advising for our undergraduate students. And, um, and basically, I'm just a resource person for all of our students. So whatever information they need, um, it's my job to make sure that I get them connected to it. Um, in addition to that, the ministry relations portion of my uh, job is I work with our um, Assembly of God churches and ministries all over the state of Ohio to establish relationships. Um, so that our, our undergraduate students who need practicum or hands-on experiences, I get to connect those students with churches so they can practice uh, some of the things that they're learning in their classes. And likewise, um, for our graduate students, um, I can be a liaison for them if they are trying to um, find open doors for ministry. Um, a lot of times churches will contact our network office and, and also SEU as we um, have more students who are nearing graduation, I'm sure we're going to be getting a lot of phone calls uh, from different churches and ministries looking for students who are skilled in, in different areas. And so um, we're going to be able to hopefully connect folks like you with people who are looking to hire. So um, it's kind of a neat position to be in, and I've enjoyed it a lot. So prior to working with Southeastern University, I was at um, Ohio University in Athens, Ohio for about eight years. And uh, there I was a project manager working in the College of Education. And I worked primarily for um, an endowed professor of mathematics education. And I worked mainly with his graduate students. So you guys are actually um, the ones that I am most comfortable hanging out with. I love working with graduate students. Um, not that I don't like working with undergraduates, but you guys, I think, are just kind of like the cream of the crop. You know what you want to do and you're just figuring out how do I get there and I just love being able to assist in that process and so um, in my experience graduate students are just amazing people who have a mission and a purpose and it's just neat to see God bringing those um, you know just that calling to fruition so I'm, I'm really excited that we have the master's degree program. Um, a little bit of history about Southeastern University and our regional campus and where we are um, we launched our regional campus in 2017 in the fall, and so that was our first year of operation in Ohio. Southeastern University itself actually has been in existence since 1935, uh, but we just launched the regional campus in Columbus, Ohio, a uh, little less than two years ago. So that first year, we had a total of 15 students throughout the course of the year and we offered just two degree programs and they were both bachelor degrees. One was in business and the other was in ministry. And then in year two, uh, we got approval to add some degree programs and so we uh, also had additional students that came on board. So, so far this year we've had a total of 40 students over the course of the year and we've added some degree programs which are listed in your booklet that I gave to you. So the degree programs that we now offer, in addition to those first two, we have a Bachelor of Science in Human Services. We have um, also a Bachelor of Science in Psychology, uh, Digital Media and Design, and then uh, we, we added two associate degrees. So those are, there's a General Associate of Arts, and that is for a student that's just trying to get most of those general education credits done and out of the way. And then we also have the Associate of Ministerial Leadership, which is basically just the t first two years of the Bachelor of Science in Ministerial uh, Leadership. So some people like breaking that four-year goal down into a smaller part. So they start with the Associate in Ministerial Leadership, and then they move on and complete the four-year bachelors. And so, um, and then also last year, we added the Master of Arts in Ministerial Leadership. And that was really interesting how that came about because when we first started talking with Southeastern University about what would it take to offer that program, um, they told us that we would need to have a really decent sized group of students interested in doing it before they would let us launch. And then when we attended um, Southeastern's conference uh, last spring, we were talking further with their uh, people kind of over program approvals. And he said, well, you know, you could offer it online to begin building the program. And we, the more we looked into that, the more we thought, well, that's just a no-brainer. 
So we ended up getting approval to launch the master's degree, but it was so late in the season, it was like May. We didn't have a lot of time to really market and, and advertise the program. So this year we've had a number of master's students. It's been small, but we're thrilled that we had any at all because of that just lack of time really to get it launched and, and to really advertise it. So in the fall of 2018, when we launched the master's degree, we had one student who started. And then in October, we had a second student who jumped on board with the master's program. And then just this past week, I had a third student who began the master's degree. So we are th super excited and super thrilled about that. And uh, so right now I have a total of three students and I'm happy to say that if, if all three of you decide to enroll in this program, you guys right here in this classroom could double your class size. So it's kind of a fun thought. Um, so no pressure here, but <laughs> we would love to see that happen and we would love to have you on board. Let me hand these resources out to you. Oh, no problem. Glad to have you. <laughs> so, um, so yes, we've had a total of 40 students. So three of those 40 are in the master's program right now. And for year three coming up this fall, we're hoping to have at least 75 students um, in our regional campus. And we're actually gonna add two more bachelor degree programs come fall. We're gonna add a, a bachelor of science in criminal justice and one in communications and mass media. And uh, so, and then hopefully as far as our growth uh, trajectory with the graduate program, uh, what we would love to see is once we get at least about 15 students in the master's level program, uh, we would love to be able to actually offer face-to-face -face courses here in Central Ohio for that master's degree. So for now, because the program is pretty small, um, all of the classes are going to be offered online. Um, but as you're going to find out, um, we do have that Ohio cohort of students and we're going to do our best to keep all of the students in Ohio in that master's program connected so you guys can meet together periodically either in person or online and just kind of support one another, talk about what you're doing, what you're learning, and um, just in general support one another. So that's kind of our plan for this as we get going. I want to talk real quick about accreditation because um, that is an important topic. Um, Southeastern University is accredited by the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools Commissions on Colleges. That's a really long name. Um, but they are accredited to award associate, baccalaureate, master's, and doctorate level degrees. So it is a regional accreditation. Um, we tell our students, especially our undergraduate students, that um, whether they attend on the Ohio Regional Campus or if they were going to go to the main campus in Lakeland, Florida, they're going to get the same degree. It, there is absolutely no difference between what they, the degree they earn here in Ohio and what they would earn if they actually went to Lakeland, Florida. So um, our students can transfer credits from Southeastern University to other universities. So if you're wondering how does this work if I start something with SEU and I need to transfer credits out, you can do that. It will count. So um, students can also, uh, we tell our undergraduate students they can begin a degree program here in Ohio. And if they should decide to transfer to Florida, um, it's a seamless transfer. So, which is pretty, pretty nice. Um, so support services, you might wonder, okay, how does this work out as far as, you know, this online program and being here in Ohio as opposed to being close to the hub in Florida? Well, SEU has done a great job of making available um, the resources of their larger university even in these smaller settings like our regional campus here in Ohio. So uh, you're going to have advisors here in Ohio, such as myself or my, my colleagues, Travis Scheffler and David Pafford. We're available anytime you guys have a question. Uh, you would also be assigned uh, an expert in Florida. You would have uh, the coordinator of the, the program uh, for the mammal. His name is Justin Farmer. He would be your graduate advisor officially. Uh, and then Justin and I are in regular contact and communication. So Justin can log in and see your classes online. I can log in as your advisor as well. So, but Justin would kind of be your main person. He would say, okay, this is the next class you need to take. And I basically can just, you know, log in and ensure that yes, you're in the appropriate classes. 
Um, in addition to that, if you have financial aid questions, you would have a financial aid advisor assigned to you in Florida. And so again, if you've got questions, you can bring those to me. I can usually answer most of those, but if we get into a situation where there's some research that needs to happen on the back end, then I can always pick up the phone and call your financial aid counselor in Florida and help you get the information that you need. So um, one of the things that Southeastern University has been really great at doing is providing resources through their Steelman Library. So if you go to Florida, has anybody ever visited main campus of SCU? You have, have you been to the Steelman Library there? Yes, so it is, it's a, it's a pretty nice two-story building. It is impressive. Um, but in addition to having the physical books there, they've done a phenomenal job of making online resources available for students as well. So uh, if you log in to that link up there, library.seu.edu, once you're a student and you have your ID and password, you're going to find just a whole bunch of links to a crazy amount of, of resources. They're the, they're the traditional search engines like EBSCO, um, but there are a ton of different resources available. So uh, most of those are like electronic books or PDFs or journals and things that you can pull online. But if there is a physical book that you need that's not available in an electronic format, they will actually mail the book to you. And they'll include a return um, postage paid envelope for you to send it back when you're done with your research. So they've done an amazing job, in my opinion, of eliminating the hurdle of that distance. So yeah, yes. Not that I am aware of, however, I, we could look into that in establishing that type of a, you know, resource type thing. But I really think a lot of SEU's uh, electronic resources are going to be very similar to what you would find like through some of the different university links. And the other thing too is SEU has a lot of specialized um, sources when it comes to, particularly to the Barnett College of Ministry, um, different types of, of you know, exegetical uh, commentaries and things like that that may really not be available in our public libraries here in Ohio just because they don't focus on theology. Well, I was thinking Whereas, the university level and again, yeah. physical, actual, mm -hmm. you know, obviously. We could explore that though, and that's, that's a good idea that I'm, I will take back for today. And <laughs> Mm -hmm. worked on the library, so I was oh, nice. very involved it, as an Ohio student mm -hmm. university, you can get a, a book from any mm -hmm. Ohio university yeah. and sent to your school with all for free and everything else. That's awesome. Yeah, we may have to explore that partnership. So um, we, we do, of course, have our um, approval through Ohio Department of Higher Education, so I don't know why, you know, we couldn't potentially tap into that resource because it would seem like that would be a really good educational option for students all the way around. It's a win-win. So thank you. I will take that idea back and we'll look into that. So um, some other things available through the Steelman Library. Our students get to download Office 365 on their um, personal computers and laptops for free, which is pretty sweet. Um, has anybody ever heard of Zotero? This, I think, is the best kept secret in higher education. Um, Zotero is a free app um, and Steelman has like videos on how to set it up and use it um, but basically it is a research tool that as you go and you browse like as you use the Steelman library or you're looking at journals articles and things like that it will grab those PDFs and those articles and save them for you and as it does that it grabs the citation information for you and when it, and it has a plug-in both for your browser and for Word. And so as you're writing, um, you can actually just with a couple of clicks, you can include citations and it will generate a bibliography for you in whatever citation style you need to use, whether it's APA, MLA, um, Turabian, whatever it is you need to write in, you just click and you can go between different citation styles. It is crazy. It's like you know, when we first found out about the tool, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like cheating. Because, <laughs> please. Because I was like, you know, I had to learn how to type all that stuff up and learn the proper citation styles. And so this is like a crazy, really nice shortcut for this. 
And so um, we train our students, our undergraduate students, how to, how to use it because they are super busy individuals. And you guys, I'm sure as graduate students in a master's program, you're going to be balancing work, family, school. And so anything we, any type of tools and resources that we find like this that can make your life easier, we're going to put it under your nose and help you figure out how to use it. So it's a pretty neat tool. Um, we also do have some tutoring resources available called Smart Thinking. Those are available through um, the Brightspace Learning Management System that SEU uses. So um, I'm, I know they have a lot of information there on the undergraduate level, but if there's a concept that you're struggling with on the graduate side, there may be resources available for that as well. Um, and then Southeastern, of course, uh, to comply with federal guidelines, they do have an office that deals specifically for students with disabilities. So if there is a documented you know, learning disability that you happen to have, uh, if you contact SCU, they will help you work through the stages of getting accommodations for that, whether that be through um, providing additional time for testing or whatever is needed. They'll help you contact your professor and um, you know, figure out what is needed to help you succeed. So I always let people know that that's available because that can be a definite valuable resource. So um, finally, before I get into specifics about the mammal, I just want to talk about the influence um, that Southeastern University students can have here in the state of Ohio. Um, our students actually are interacting with um, leaders all over the state of Ohio and it's it's kind of interesting to me because we have our SEU Ohio faculty and students um, but they're connected in the same building right now in Central Ohio with our Ohio Ministry uh, Network and the Resource Center um, up by Polaris and so connected then to the Ohio Ministry Network we have all of our 280 churches ministries and nonprofits uh, throughout the state and so it's just amazing to me how interconnected our students can be with what God is doing all over Ohio. And so I don't want to let that slip by. I mean, this networking potential is just almost mind-blowing to me that just by connecting in with Southeastern University, you're getting all of the leaders in the state of Ohio and all of these hundreds of churches and ministries throughout Ohio. You're gaining access to that. And that can be powerful, particularly if you're trying to do a research um, you know, type of thing as a graduate student, the access that you have to be able to do some significant resource is huge, or to do some significant research, I should, I should say. So just don't want to let that be lost on you because that's really, I think, quite unique. So let's talk a little bit more about the mammal and what it actually is. It's the Master of Arts in Ministerial Leadership. Um, for right now, it is an online SEU degree program but it does have an Ohio-based learning community and cohort of support. So really any um, student life events or perks that we would offer to our undergraduate students, you guys would qualify for as well. For example, um, each year we allow our SEU students to go to minister's retreat and that is included in their tuition cost. So you guys would be able to attend our minister's retreat in January in Sandusky as well. And again, that's another networking opportunity for you, um, both to be, you know, to receive from the Lord and to participate in that conference, um, but also just to, um, to be with other leaders in the state of Ohio. So that's a great opportunity there. So you're going to receive a lot of benefits um, through being part of this Ohio-based um, cohort and learning community. So Minister's Retreat is one of those events and then there's you know other things that will pop up throughout the year. So anytime we're doing an event like a Converge Worship Night, if you're in the Columbus area and you want to come to those, you are more than welcome to do so and we would encourage that. And also we think it's fun for our undergraduate students to interact with our graduate students and for them to begin to understand there's more beyond just you know graduating at, at that bachelor's level. We want them to see that you know, education should be a lifelong process. So we want to encourage them to think beyond the, the initial four years. So, um, 36 hours is what uh, the mammal is. So um, you're going to be working on basically 18 hours of core cor courses and then 18 hours of concentration courses. So let me explain that to you. Um, in your handouts, there are two um, two pages that I gave you 
Um, and there are actually two concentrations for the Master of Arts in Ministerial Leadership. There is the basic, I shouldn't really call it a basic, but there is um, the original Master of Arts in Ministerial Leadership. And then there is a second one that's called the Orange Family Ministry Concentration. So if you look at those and compare the classes that are listed for both of those um, programs, you're going to find that the first six courses or the core courses, the first 18 hours, are going to be the same classes for both concentrations. And then the second set of six classes are specific to whether you're in ministerial leadership or whether you're doing the Orange Family Ministry Concentration. So the, or, the main difference between the two, the Orange Family Ministry Concentration is going to um, focus a little bit more on family ministry, developing teams, and also working in a nonprofit setting. So if that is something that is of interest to you, I would encourage you to kind of think about exploring that Orange Family Ministry Concentration. But typically you don't really need to decide right away because initially you're going to be doing these first 18 hours of core courses and you can kind of take your time to, to feel that out a little bit. So um, those first 18 hours are going to be uh, biblical exposition and faith integration, homiletics, so um, biblical methods of preaching and teaching, managing change and conflict. Who doesn't need a course in that? <laughs> And then Shape of Practical Theology, and then two theology courses, Graduate Systemic Theology 1 and 2. And it's actually interesting, those two courses I've learned um, can be taken out of sequence. You don't have to have number one before you go to number two. So wherever you happen to begin over the course of the year, if Graduate Systematic Theology 2 is being offered and the first one is not, you can take the second one first. So... Um, if you're going to do the regular ministerial leadership, um, those concentration courses are going to be effective leadership, strategic missional leadership, spirit-empowered discipleship, uh, holistic pastoral counseling, foundations for cross-cultural ministry, and then leadership development. So, pretty cool. And then if you're uh, planning to do instead the Orange Family Ministry Concentration, that's going to look a little bit different. Leadership and Learning for the Nonprofit Organization, Foundational Partnerships and Collective Impact, Developing Dynamic Teams and Community, Mobilizing Volunteers and Generations. That to me sounds like a pretty interesting course. Strategic Thinking and Responsible Messaging, and then Governance and Risk Management of Nonprofit Organizations. So hopefully one of those two programs um, really piques your interest at this point. Um, my problem is always everything sounds interesting, and I'm like, can I do it all? <laughs> so um, one other thing I want to mention real quick with that 36 hours, um, if any of you are interested in completing a Master of Divinity, SEU does offer that. It's a 72-hour master's degree, and basically this mammal is the first half of that. So all 36 hours, all of those courses that you would take, all 12, actually fit into SEU's MDiv. So by doing the MAML, you're actually completing the first half of the Master of Divinity. So it kind of breaks it out into a nice workable goal there. So, um, What is the expected workload? You might be thinking, okay, I'd like to do this, but how doable is this? Am I going to be like, no sleep and <laughs> going to end up, you know, having my family mad at me? Um, the expected workload, typically what you can expect, is going to be 10 to 20 hours per week devoted to each course that you're enrolled in. So, um, which, you know, if you're working full-time, 40 hours per week, you're looking at an additional 10 to 20 hours on top of that. For most people, that's pretty manageable. So, um, in terms of reading, you're looking at about 1,000 to 1,500 uh, pages worth of reading per course and then 20 to 30 pages of writing per course. And that may seem initially a little bit daunting, but I think, you know, in general, you get used to it pretty quickly. I just had a class that was, I think, like 47 papers. Wow. Class, and that, that was a lot. And then the one mm -hmm. I'm in right now, I think it's 28. And so, mm -hmm. it hasn't been as bad. Yeah. You get used to yeah. that for a while. You so. do. You, you do get used to it. And I think one of the initial courses um, that you take, and I forget, forgive me, 
um, which one it is, but I know Justin Farmer was talking about one of the first classes they'll put you in helps you learn how to write as a graduate student. So if this would be your first graduate degree, um, they prep you for it pretty well, and they're pretty understanding of that. So. Um, now, one thing I also want to mention uh, is in terms of this expected workload, uh, we break our semesters down into two eight-week sessions. So for fall semester, which begins in August and runs through December, there will be two eight-week sessions included, and your classes are only going to run for eight weeks. So we're looking at this workload basically for just eight weeks. Um, so it's not too concurrent at the same time, so it's expected potential 40 hours a week of Mm -hmm. it's okay. So yeah, this would be, um, and there's different ways to look at, at and we're going to look at um, the timeline for completion. Actually, let's just go there. So let me get to that slide. There are a couple different ways to approach the master's degree. If you wanted to do it full time, it is set up so that you could complete it in one year if you're doing three semesters over the course of the year. So if you began in fall, that would be fall semester, spring semester, and then next summer. So over the course of those three semesters, you could get all 12 of those classes done. And how that would work is for that first year, you're going to do four classes per semester, or basically two classes each eight-week session. And that would be a full-time load, because you're looking at you know, approximately 20 to 40 hours worth of time devoted per week to those two courses you're taking at a time. So, and again, that would run fall, spring, and summer, and that would be how you would get that done. Now, you could also, it wouldn't necessarily have to be just fall, spring, and summer. Um, for example, if you wanted to get started in summer, um, you could do that by applying now, and you could run summer, fall, spring, be done in spring, and graduate, and walk in May. So, I don't know if that sounds like a really cool timeline to anyone. Sounds pretty neat to me. Um, but I know not everyone has the ability to be a full-time student. Some of us do need to work. So if you would like to take it a little bit slower, you could go the two-year route or part-time. So that would be two classes per semester, basically doing just one class at a time, one each session. If you did that for three semesters each year, so again, fall, spring, summer, you could get it done in two years that way. So that's one approach. And then the long hall approach, which is basically I need time off in the summer because I'm a mom and I have kids. Um, this would probably be what I would have to choose. Is the three year doing one class at a time, so two classes per semester, and only doing it fall and spring and taking summers off. So. Is that flexible there if say, you know, this isn't my situation, but say mm -hmm. you were a Chi Alpha pastor when yes. this fall quarter is, mm -hmm. fall semester is by far the most strenuous time for mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you can choose what semesters you want to do. Um, and basically the only caveat to that would be just you need to make sure your financial aid person knows um, what semesters you're going to be using so that they get you set up properly to get the financial aid during the times of the year when you need it. So, so ap could you, the of you could, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing you want to be mindful of is to qualify for student loans, you have to take a minimum of six credit hours per semester. So, for example, if you were going to do that in the fall, what you would have to do is make sure you're taking two classes during that second session, which might be, might be a little rough. So it could be a situation where, like, okay, fall, I'm going to sit out, and then I'm going to come back in in January. So, if that makes sense. And we can, you know, we can accommodate that and work with that. So, yes? Uh, the way the financial aid works, I know with other colleges, um, like, they just divide up the whole thing into two parts of the year instead of three semesters. So, with this, if you're going to do the summer semester, would that dig into your financial aid for the fall or the spring, or would that be completely separate? Um, generally, if you, when you're filling out your FAFSA, at least I believe this is how it works, this is what I've seen happen, um, when the student's filling out their FAFSA for the year, if they specify that they want to use it all through the year, like including summer semester, they'll basically break it into three chunks for you. Okay, so that so. you've got your student loans for fall, spring, and summer. So, and it, it shouldn't be to where, you know, you're using it all up at once. They're just kind of portioning it out for you. Okay. So if that makes sense. Okay. That's a good question, though. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's keep going. I want to talk a little bit about cost because obviously that's an important consideration with this. So the tuition rate right now for um, the mammal is $495 per credit hour. So that is the rate. Um, there's also a technology fee of $150 per semester. And that again is just helping you as far as the learning management system that they use Brightspace and then all of those electronic resources that are available through Steelman Library. Um, that technology fee is paying for that. So it's kind of like when people ask us how much does it cost to complete the mammal, we kind of almost have to give you a range or an estimated cost because it depends a little bit on the timeline. The least expensive way to do it is to go through the whole thing in a year and then of course you're minimizing your technology fee because you're only doing it for three semesters. So you're only yourself there is that, yeah. So there, like I said, there's a little bit of a price range to it. Um, obviously the more semesters you're in, you know, the more those technology fees and things are kind of adding up. But, you know, in terms of making it doable, sometimes it's, it's well worth it to take a little bit more time and do it well and invest just a little bit more in the cost. So the total estimated cost is going to come in somewhere around 18500 is what we estimate. So hopefully that's, that's doable and we feel like that's, that's pretty on par with uh, what a lot of you know, smaller master's programs are. So um, SCU we think has done a really good job of being reasonable in their costs. So um, in case you are wondering about the application process, what does that look like? Uh, it's really pretty simple. Uh, you're going to start by completing Southeastern University's application. You can do that through our website. So it would be seuohionetwork.com um, and you're going to go to our applications page to do that. So that will take you, once you fill out the Ohio application, it links you directly to Southeastern University and you fill out their application as well. That kind of gets the process started. Um, in addition to that, you're going to, of course, need to submit your college transcript. So whatever you did for your undergraduate, and then if you had um, you know, an additional master's degree, uh, maybe you've done a master's in social work or something else prior, and you want to do a second master's degree, they would want you to submit that transcript as well. So any transcripts you have, you'll submit those. There's a Christian character assessment piece that you do, and I believe that is basically just filling out contact information for someone who knows you well, who can then fill out a form in your behalf and kind of evaluate and say, yep, this person's serious about their commitment to God, or um, so hopefully they would say that about you. <laughs> so, and then um, SU is going to require either a professional reference or an academic reference. Um, it's not both, it's one or the other. So that could either be, you know, somebody, a current boss that you work for, or it could be a, a former professor of yours who can vouch for you. So, And then finally, they're going to ask you to submit a five-page writing sample. So, um, And that's an interesting one, too. That was one that I had a lot of questions about when we began offering this program. It's like, what are they looking for in that five-page writing sample? So Justin and I have had um, some different conversations about that. Basically, what they want to see is that, number one, you write well, you can spell words, you know how to use proper grammar, and um, secondly, they're looking for how you interact with um, research type things. Do you know when to cite um, a source? And did you use a proper citation style? So really any like research-based paper that you wrote during your undergraduate degree would work for this. Um, hopefully you want to turn in, you want to choose something you got an A on <laughs> or something that you did fairly well. So as long as it's five pages and you know that you have sources that you cited and maybe a bibli bibliography attached to it, um, you can use that. Now for some of you, if you're like me, college was like a couple decades ago and I don't have access to that stuff anymore because those things were on a floppy drive and nobody knows what those things are anymore because they're ancient history. So I don't have any of my college writing work you know, available to me. So I asked Justin, I said, what if somebody's in that situation? What do they submit? And he said, well, you could use a piece of technical writing, like if you write regularly in your present job, um, and if it's something to where you, know, you could cite a resource or something along those lines, you can use that and submit that as well. So 
Um, hopefully that's, if, if you're still are like having questions about what can I use, come talk to me, we'll have a conversation, and if need be, we'll get Justin on the phone and we'll work through it. So they don't want this to be something that necessarily holds you back from applying. Yes? Sure, you know, I'm, I'm in that boat, it's been 10 years since I graduated with my bachelor's, so I don't know where any of that stuff is. Mm -hmm. for, for me, it's like, I don't even, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I know I could do one, I just would almost, you know, it's almost, would be nice to have like, well, if you don't have anything, here's mm -hmm. a writing prompt or, or something, right. you know, here's a topic that uh -huh. would work, just because, you know, at this point in my life, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I agree, totally. So, and we could, what was that? Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. So yeah, and that's something that we can definitely talk to Justin about, um, seeing if they're if you know they have examples of things that people have written, um, and maybe just providing us several writing prompts that you could go off of. So absolutely, we can get that information for you. So um, so once all of these items have been submitted to admissions, then admissions will pass your uh, file along to the committee that reviews them, and then admissions decisions are made by the SCU School of Divinity. They basically just look through it all and make sure that they feel like you're good to go. Now some people will ask, um, is there a minimum GPA like from your undergraduate that you have to meet um, to be able to gain admission? And typically they look for like a 3.0 or higher. However, if that was not your GPA, um, when you did your undergraduate work, you can still submit the application and you can write just a little note along with your application saying, okay, I had a 2.7, but this is why. And, you know, if it was something along the lines of, I was young back then, and I didn't know Jesus, and I did probably more socializing than I should have, and I didn't prioritize um, my academics, but I feel like I'm in a place now where I can, and I feel I can do better. Or if you've done, you know, maybe say you've gone through Ohio School of Ministry for some courses, and you got A's on everything, you could say, you know, recently I've, got, I've done some um, you know, educational training and I've received really good grades. And so if you, know, you want to basically submit a little bit of an appeal letter, what they can do is give you a provisional acceptance and you come in. And what they do is they basically limit you to taking, I believe, like one class at a time initially so they can see how you do. And you know, obviously if you were, if they're kind of like thinking maybe you might struggle a little bit, they don't want you to overload yourself with too many classes at the outset. And then once you kind of get your feet underneath you and you do well in those first courses, then they'll lift that restriction and you're, you have full acceptance and you can go at the full pace if you need to. So does that make sense? Okay. Any other questions on that so far? Okay. Um, if you are ready to apply, I want to just show you where to go to do that. So um, our suohionetwork.com. Uh, slash applications is the page that you would go to and I think um, I know somebody mentioned I think it was Daniel you were saying you were already kind of on this page down here looking at the grad degree yeah. we do have some more information there um, if you go there you're actually gonna find links to the handouts that I gave you today um, what is cool if, is if you go and you view that in our website um, everywhere you see a class listed, it's underlined on our website. When you pull up that sheet, those are actually links. You can click on there and you'll get a description of what's included in each one of those classes. And so, you're saying every class that would be part of that program would yes. be listed? Yes. Where would that be? If you go to our website, this seuohionetwork.com slash grad degrees, the same page you were on. Okay. Yep, that looks like the right page. So if you go to the Master of Arts in Ministerial Leadership, go back up. If you click there, that should take you somewhere, hopefully, if the link is working. <laughs> there we go. And then you should have program details. Let's see. Okay. So yes, so course you're going to see, yep, the courses for Master of Arts and Ministerial Leadership. Okay, so we have them listed there. Oh, I was thinking we had a PDF. What I'll have to do, I will upload then for you guys um, the PDF to those actual um, 
master's degrees because when you open up the PDF, those links are live and it actually takes you and shows you the description for each one of those classes. So yeah, I'll do that for you guys. Um, yes. A couple questions. I know, I think I saw, because I actually, I've already applied. Um, so uh, it, there's a requirement of, of at least one Bible class mm -hmm. uh, in your undergrad. If you, I, I have my bachelor's in communication. Mm -hmm. Mine State. too. So I don't have any sort of Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's a requirement to do before going into this? Is that That's a really good question because I, I think I've read that somewhere as well. Um, that would be a great question to follow up with Justin on and, and, and have him explain. That is any OSOM thing to cover that. Mm -hmm. I would hope so because um, I, it sounds like I'm in the same boat with you. I did my undergraduate in communications and then went through OSOM to get my, my credentials. Yeah. And so I'm actually wondering the same I thing. Mean, I could take a bachelor's, a bachelor's level, mm -hmm. 300 level theology. Right. I think it's a Bible and a theology class is what mm -hmm. I saw. I've done OSAMA license yeah. level and, and credential level. And not to say that that mm -hmm. covers a college class, because it doesn't. Technically, I believe, honestly, it would cover it because we have an articulation agreement for Ohio School of Ministry okay. that basically says for each credential level um, that you complete, you, you are given the equivalent of two courses at Southeastern University and the undergraduate level, whatever the corresponding course would be. So, um, and I believe for certified level, it's probably New Testament and interpretation. I would have to look it up and actually be sure. Um, but it is two cor courses per level. So if you complete a license level, you're actually going to have... like two classes shy, and it was January, mm -hmm. February ones because I... Mm -hmm. So yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking that actually might be how we we satisfy that requirement is through OSOM credit. I hope so. And again, if I have to, yes. I have to. It's not a big deal. But right. I, I was curious about that. And then I'm looking on here this this idea of an executive cohort seven one week intensive meetings over four semesters. What is that? Ah, okay. That would be if we were doing um, oh, the in person. Okay, but we're just the online, so this right. doesn't even apply to us. Okay. Correct. Perfect. Correct. I just so. Because we that term cohorts used, and so I saw. Mm -hmm. it was, I know if there was then. Oh, I have to come one week. You know. Right. That in again. At some point, which again sounds great. I. You mm -hmm. know, I work. Now, when we do get that course set up or the program set up as in person. Um, probably another two to three years out, I think, is where we're, we're looking for that. We may actually set it up that way to where you do come for a one-week intensive. Okay. And, or it may be over a weekend. We're, we kind of have talked about different ways of doing that with Southeastern, and I think what it's going to come down to is just surveying the people that want to be involved in that program and finding out what works best for them. Would you rather take a week off and come for an entire week? Or come maybe two to three weekends, like Friday, Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays per month. I love the idea. So of yeah. Off, but I only get two vacation weeks a year. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that would be all the vacation for two years. Exactly. It sounds great. Yeah. My, my wife does occasionally. <laughs> she wants to go to Florida. I know. Yeah. So that's why you got to figure out how to balance this yeah. with your family. So yep. Okay. All right. Any other questions you guys have? Yeah, I have a few questions. Okay. I'll try okay. my um, best. So, well, my first question was already answered. So, can the rate of learning be accelerated? Because at first, I was looking at this, I'm like, oh, that's great, 18 hours and 18 hours. And I'm thinking, like, I'm already doing something like that, 18 hours and 18 hours. Um, I was like, that'd be cool to finish it up. And I was like, oh, three years. I'm like, that's a long time. Mm -hmm. And just with uh, where we're at right now, and God preparing our heart for missions. Um, and so, I'm like, I don't know. On the time frame of just everything uh -huh. going on, and so um, you know, I would like to finish it sooner. So it, it would be when it's available that it's not like working your own pace kind of thing. So you are you would be with other students doing the same class, is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you'll be enrolled. Um, the student who just started last week, uh, we got him registered and logged in, and it was so funny because it was first day of class, and we logged him in, and it pops up 20, 25 unread forum posts, and he's like, "I'm behind already." <laughs> and uh, but it's the twenty five other people so in his class. It includes people from. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so then, how are the classes? 
Um, like, do you, are any of them like you watch, or any of them you listen to, or is it? Because right now I'm doing Ohio Christian University, and it, you don't really watch or listen to, but there is you know discussion posts mm -hmm. and talk back and different things to the professor, and then different papers that turn in. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty similar to what you're doing in Ohio Christian. So there are, I know, different discussion posts. Like that first discussion post was basically, in 100 words or less, introduce yourself to the group. Yeah, so, and, and you, honestly, your classmates, maybe at Southeastern in Florida, but they could be really scattered anywhere across the country. Because SEU has multiple extension sites all over the place. So, um... So yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of discussion posts. You may be doing replies to other people's, you know, discussion posts, yeah. and then of course you're going to be reading, researching, and writing. Yeah. So, yes. Um, what or is there at this point any sort of? Um, I know you've mentioned face-to-face uh, -face encounters and, mm -hmm. and working in that cohort. What I mean, what 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 does that look like right now, or what is mm -hmm. the plan for that in the upcoming year? Um, is there stuff that's required? Is nothing that would be absolutely required because, I mean, you know, you guys are trying to balance work, school, home, family. I mean, we ministry. guys, ministry, exactly. So we know you guys have a lot on your plate. So basically anything we put together is going to be voluntary in nature. We may say, okay, if you can come to campus for this, by all means, but if you want to log in to this, discussion time online so anything that we would do we would try and make it both in person and also available to log in online for you to make it convenient for you to participate like yeah a Skype type call or a zoom conference call type of thing and so we might have you know linking people up that way and just giving them time to discuss you know what's going on like when it gets ready for advising time or whatever we might even Skype uh, Justin Farmer in and have him kind of give you guys a pep talk and tell you what's coming up and that kind of thing. So, um, and we may even pull in, um, if we know that we've got access to a really good guest speaker, we may pull that type of individual in for those sessions as well. So we're trying to find ways to add value but not stress you guys out is kind of what our plan is. And so if you have specific requests for what you think would work well for you, we are all ears. We'll do our best to get it set up. And, but again, you know, we, we don't want to just put an additional requirement on you that's not going to benefit you. So, yes? Um, would I be able to opt out of like any book program and just decide to buy books on my own? Like, I'm doing that right now because mm -hmm. right I had this like Tree of Life program, where, like we'll send it to you, but then uh -huh. it comes back and I'm like, like I was always yeah. taught, like, these textbooks are tools for ministry. Like I always go back to what I've learned and, uh -huh. and so I like to buy them my own and keep them. And, yeah, I am not aware of any type of a automatic program that SEU has. I think you're just given, when you register for the course, you're given your list of required textbooks, and it's up to you to go out and get those. So um, you can order them through SEU's online bookstore, but you can also like look on Amazon or you know yeah. wherever you want to for those texts. If I can't find stuff on Thrift Books, like I'll have hardcover books that are worth like $70. You'll get them for like 4 bucks. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't even tell that they were used. And yeah. You can keep it. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're going to basically just do the same thing with this. Uh, so. Question I had. Um, so okay, like I'm looking at this. Okay, Masters of Arts. Okay, and then that's also that can lead into Masters of Divinity. What's the difference between the two? Yeah. Um, one being obviously twice as much. In the next right. Step. <laughs> right. Um, that's a great question. Like, I have a Masters. Mm -hmm. so it's like I have a Masters. Yeah. Like, that, that Master of Divinity. Yeah, yeah, there it's the letters, but no, the Master of Divinity I think is is obviously twice as long as the the mammal, and there may be certain ch uh, churches that, particularly, I, I want to say if it's like a flagship church, that may require that their senior pastor have an MDiv. Um, as a minimum requirement, and that would be kind of where that would come into play. Most church boards are not going to require an MDiv, but um, there may be certain situations and contexts where somebody's looking for that. Yeah. So um, obviously, if you plan to teach, that master's level um, comes into play. 
for example, if you if you are interested in someday down the road teaching for Southeastern University, um, the minimum requirement is a master's degree, but then within that master's degree, they're looking at how many hours do you have in specific areas. So their minimum right now is 18 hours in a particular area to be qualified to teach those courses in that area. So when you break that down, that 36 hours, when you have 18 hours of core classes and then 18 hours of concentration classes, those are going to be where you're qualified to teach. So if you do that MDiv, you basically have a, the equivalent of about four different areas potentially where you could teach as opposed to just two with the mammal. So it's just a matter of, you know, those extra hours basically qualify you to do more. If you wanted to go into like a doctorate, mm -hmm. would, if you have the Master's of Associates or you know, Master of Arts, would that be something to lead into that? Or would then you have to get kind of like an Associates and then a the Bachelor's? Is that kind of like the Master's of Arts and then Master's of Divinity? Mm -hmm. you know, what, how does that lead into, say, you're going to get like a, going to a PDH program? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. <laughs> And I may have to get back to you on okay. that. I wish David Pafford was here because he actually just started his doctoral okay. um, program, although he's doing it more on like the education side. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure. You're probably going to be better prepared to go into a doctoral level program with the Master of Divinity, but I'm not sure it's actually required. You may be able to go just from the mammal into the doctoral level. So, but I can follow up with Justin. Uh, farmer and ask that question because that's a fantastic question. Okay. Yeah, so. I, was, I didn't even know that there's two different type of, mm -hmm. you know, masters and like that's obviously a huge difference. One is twice as much, you know, as the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, what I like about the masters, the mammal, is especially for someone who didn't do their bachelor degree in ministry or theology, it's a great way then to just kind of pull in that learning for doing ministry. So, you know, if you're looking to get hired as a senior pastor, this is a great thing to do, um, to be able to say, you know, not only do I have my bachelor's degree in this area, like communications or, you know, whatever other area you have, um, but then to be actually able to say, and then I did this master's in ministry and ministerial leadership, that you're gonna just look like a super strong candidate. So you so. said that you, you guys offer the MDiv, um, so, is that the same rate of credit hours, like you know, the 400? Uh, I believe it is. If it's not 495, it's probably very close to it. Okay. Um, I know there are a couple different um, graduate degree price levels with Southeastern. I haven't looked at the MDiv recently, um, but I believe it was like the MBA was slightly different. So it was mainly in other areas. So if it's not 495 per credit hour, it's pretty close and to so that. And so to get into that, do you have to do the mammal? Or um, I think it would pro I mean, you could declare and just say, I'm going to do the MDiv, but she'd still be, be basically starting at the same place as the mammal because the 36 hours that are in the mammal are basically built same into the MDiv. It's the same classes. So really, that's right. More letters behind your name. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So um, before I let you guys go, I'm basically done unless you have more questions for me.